0: OK. So we just had yesterday the amazing, unbelievable miracle of Kriyamsuf of the splitting of the sea, where the Jews have Pharaoh's entire army behind them and a sea in front of them, and here in the middle, and it's like it's death or death. And then they walk into that water, led by Nachshon Ben Aminada, believing that what God said is exactly what's going to happen. He didn't take them out of the desert to, out of Egypt to let them die in the desert. He said he's giving them the Torah, and they have to walk to get that Torah. And he walked. And he walked, and he walked, it says in the Midrash, until the water was up to his nostrils, and then it split. Some say he went in with his entire tribe of Judah, of Yehudah. Some say he went in alone. But definitely believing in God and saying, if God said he's bringing us to the Torah, he didn't take us out of Egypt for us to die here now. So we just have to function and do what God wants, which is keep walking. Not pray, not fight, not surrender, not suicide. Keep walking, which is a timeless lesson for all of us. And then the, the water split into the 13 roads, 12 roads for each of the tribes. And they're walking and there's fruit trees and birds and singing and the Egyptians in and pursue them. And then we have the double miracle of as the Jews Are in this paradise garden. The waters comes crashing down on the Egyptians, and they die a horrific death with much, much suffering. To compensate for all the suffering they inflicted, and when the Jews come out and they see the bodies of the dead Egyptians, they burst into this song of praise of God. The men and then the women singing and dancing and tambourines, because the women, of course, knew God was going to make miracles for them and were ready. They had a tambourine. It's interesting, I, I saw a clear clip of an Egyptian archaeological study that was looking for one thing, and what they actually found, as they determined, must be the Egyptian army that sank in the sea. And they, they say, they, the only way to explain it, it's like an entire army is in the water, but we see remnants of every part of the army except the boats. How did they get into the sea? And they say, it must be that that biblical story that we took as a... a as a fairy tale, but as a you know not literally to be understood story actually was a literal truth, because how is an entire army, the remains that have lasted in the waters for over three thousand years, be here, everything but the boat? the waters must have come on them. so that was yesterday, and now the Jews continue to travel. they didn't really want to leave that area because the Egyptians had so much jewels. On their chariots and weapons and horses, and they gathered more spoils there than they actually took out of Egypt. But Moses kept them moving. We're going to get to Torah. So, verse 27 they arrived at Elam, and there were 12 springs of water and 70 date palms. They encamped there by the water. And Rashi explains that the 12 springs of water was corresponding to the 12 tribes. God prepared for each tribe its own spring of water and the 70 day palms were corresponding to the 70 elders. Next verse, they journeyed from Elam, and the entire assembly of the children of Israel arrived at the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month when their departure from the land of Egypt. Meaning, they left Egypt on the 15th of Nisan, and an entire month later, on the 15th of the next month, Eir, is when they arrived in The Rashik says, why do we have so explicitly this date? Meaning we don't usually see, I mean, they're traveling for 40 years and 42 campings, and we don't usually see the dates they arrived at places. But here is to have us understand exactly what day this was, to see that the food they brought from Egypt, how long it lasted, until so it was used up. Meaning, when they left Egypt, what food do they take with? They take with matzah. Now we're on the 15th of Iyar. Well, they left the 15th of Nisan, so there's 16 days in the month of Nisan. And then we have 15 days in Iyar, so 15 and 16 is 31. So this is the 31st day since Exodus. They would eat two meals a day. So two meals a day for 31 days means 62 meals. But the first meal, was in other words we say two meals a day one was at night and one was in the morning the day. so the first meal of these 62 meals was the Seder. so that is not counted of the meals they ate in the desert that was their last meal in egypt so they ate 61 meals from the leftover masa they took out of egypt if you can imagine that three million people for 31 days ate 61 meals from that leftover matzah. Obviously that in and of itself is a miracle how it lasted for this long. But now it ran out. It's the 31st day and they don't have any matzah left. So they need food and that's why this opens up the incident that we're now going to understand of them turning and demanding food. So when did they first get this special food in the desert which we're told was a Food is really godliness. We're told so to seek the food of angels. It's spirituality. The next day, meaning the 15th of the year, they finish the matzah. That was their last meal of the matzah. They complain to Moses, "We don't have any more food." Moses turns to God, and the next day, the 16th of the year, in the morning, is when they collect the first mun. This was on a Sunday, and on Sunday they go out and collect the first mun food. So what happened? So the entire assembly of the children of Israel complained against Moshe and Aaron in the wilderness. Why did they complain? Because the matzah was finished. Now they didn't complain from hunger because they weren't hungry yet. They had a meal that day. This was their last meal. Meal number 61 was eaten on the 15th day of Yer. So They weren't hungry, but they knew there was no food left. So they were like, okay, well we ate our meal, but now it's going to be tomorrow. So therefore they complained, there's no food, we're in a desert, what are three million people going to do? So the children of Israel said to Moses and Aaron, if only we would have died by the hand of God in the land of Egypt, as we sat by the pot of meat, when we ate bread to fullness, you took us out to this wilderness to kill the entire congregation by famine. So there's a long Rashi here looking at the grammatical construction of only we would have died explaining that it's in a verbal form, though the construction is not the typical one. And God said to Moses, Behold, I shall rain down for you food from heaven. Let the people go out and pick each day the matter on its day, that so I might test him whether he will follow my tire or not. So, what does it mean each day, the amount of that day? Because each person on that day can gather the food for that day, the Mun, this was the basic challenge of the Mun, is you couldn't leave over food. If you did, it got wormed and rotten and would literally to be self-destruct. Because God wanted to give you 40 years of living with belief in him so literally, on such a realistic plane, that every night you go to sleep and there's no food in the house, in the tent, in the whole camp of 3 million people. And you're okay. You're calm. You're relaxed because you know tomorrow God's going to send again. But for that reason, to inculcate in the Jewish people this absolute firm, steadfast belief in God, this was the essence test of the month that there was food for that day, but there was no food for the next day. And don't worry, because God every day provides. Arashi says the test. What is this test of the month? If you're going to follow my Torah, if you'll keep the commandments dependent on the month. One, as we just explained, to not leave over. Leaving over was against God's will because it sort of defeated the whole point of the test, and that's why God made sure it warmed and rotted, so there'd be no point in leaving over. And not going out on the Sabbath to gather. In other words, this will prove that they can keep God's laws, the laws of Torah. And it shall be that on the sixth day, now this is the Jewish people do not know this yet. God is saying this to Moses. Moses does not give over these details, as we'll see, to the Jewish people. It'll be that on the sixth day when they prepare what they will bring, and it will be double what they pick every day. It will be double, meaning every day for each person, no matter how much you gathered, if you were very industrious and you know, ambitious and you gathered a lot, or if you were very lazy and gathered very little, in the end, another one of the many miracles of the month, there were many, many miracles with the month and one of very overt one was when you came back to your tent, no matter how much ambitious or how lazy you were, there was exactly the right food per person for the people in your tent. One oimer of month per person. And this was one of the many miracles of the month. On Friday, when the Jews went out and had the same headspace of what they thought they were gathering, which by now I guess they know there's no point in gathering more, though you might decide to be lazy and gather less, But when they came back to their tents and they measured it was a double portion there was two omers for each person because here and this is the only time they were supposed to save because they did not gather on the sabbath so the food on friday was one omer for fridays and one omer for shabbat for the sabbath so it was double rashi explains it was twice as much as what they would normally gather the other days of the week Okay, so this is what God told Moses and Aaron. They did not tell all this to the Jews. Now, as we'll see, when it comes to the Sabbath situation, the Jews have no clue. They're very surprised. So Moses and Aaron said to the children of Israel, in the evening you will know that God took you out of the land of Egypt. What does he mean by in the evening? Rosh says toward evening you'll know that God took you out of the land of Egypt, meaning you're saying, oh, Moses and Aaron, you took us out. And why did you take us out? And you took us out that we should die in the desert. We didn't take you out. God took you out. And how do you know God took you out? Because God in the evening is going to send this slug, a special type of very, very fat meat of a bird, very, very fat, that will fly down and you'll be able to gather all this meat every evening. In the morning you'll see the glory of God, that he has heard your complaints against God. For what are we that you can say complaints against us? I mean, it's not us. This has nothing to do with us, this is all God. So in the morning, you'll see the glory of God. Meaning, we're not here talking about the clouds of glory. means in, in the evening, you'll know that he's giving you meat. But the meat isn't being given as graciously because you ask, you're asking for it improperly. You don't ask for meat from, so to speak, uh, uh, a full hung stomach. Meaning, if, someone, if they're hungry and they're saying, we need bread, that's a legitimate request. Of course, they shouldn't, they shouldn't be ex- expressing it as um, aggressively with as much complaint. But, the, but the, the, the request is a legitimate request. But asking for meat is not legitimate. You don't need meat. Meat is just a pleasure food. So therefore, you ask for it. God's giving it to you. He wants you to know that you have the ability. He has the ability to give it to you. He gives you in the evening, which is not the best time to go out and collect it and eat the meat. But you shouldn't have asked for it. Not the way you did. But the, the bread is legitimate need, so it's therefore it's going to come in the morning, it's going to be in a gracious, loving way, as we see there's do above it and do below it, and it's packed up in a gift box. So we have these complaints and they're against Hashem, what are we that, that you're complaining against us? That you're actually causing everyone to complain against us, you, your sons, your wives, your daughters, all the Erev Rab, it's causative, you're complaint causing others to complain against us. And Moses said, when in the evening God gives you meat to eat and bread to satisfy in the morning, as God hears your complaints, which you cause to complain against him, for what are we? Not against us, your complaints, but against God. So, if you look at the difference between how It says, God gives you meat to eat and bread to satisfy you. So the Torah, Rashi says, is telling you very clearly how one should have proper conduct. You shouldn't eat meat to satisfy yourself. Again, as we said just a minute or so ago, that bread we're viewing as a legitimate request here to satisfy your hunger, to give you the food you need. And meat is more like a pleasure food. So it's a pleasure food. Eat it sparingly. Don't indulge in meat to be in for satiety. But bread, that is a function, therefore that's fine. Which again, Rashi explains, is why the bread came in the morning and the meat in the evening. A person can't exist without bread. So that was a proper request, so they got it at a proper time. But you could exist without meat. It was an improper request, and therefore they got it at an improper time. And also, they had cattle they could have slaughtered instead of complaining they had no meat. And of course, they didn't eat meat at all. So therefore, he's responding and he's giving them the meat that they asked for. They shouldn't think God can't do this. But he's doing it expressing that he's still not so happy with the situation. And again, the same comment as before, which you cause to complain against him. You're, it's causative. You're causing others, when people hear you complaining, this inspires them to complain as well. Moses said to Aaron, say to the entire assembly of the children of Israel, approach the presence of God, for he has heard your complaint. Approach, Rashi says, to the place where the cloud of glory will descend. In other words, obviously we're not literally approaching God. God is everywhere. He's not closer to him in one location than the other, but approach where we will see this cloud of glory. When Aaron spoke to the entire assembly of the children of Israel, they turned to the wilderness, and behold, the glory of God was visible in the clouds.